So if they're trying to get back into sport, and I'm sure that any weekend warriors that have done this where they start initially, like they've played sport all their life, family commitments, whatever it may be, yep. uni, school comes up, yep, they yep. don't do anything. The biggest issue that comes on is I want to do all that, build myself up to this point, take a massive break, and then reintroduce everything from that point. Injuries, yep, straight yep. away. There's very, very, very few people that actually want to do it for the sake of just simply getting better. You will get those people, yeah. But yep. initially, they will get they will be injured first, and then they'll realize, shit, I can get even better than what I was previously by incorporating this training that's got me from rehab to performance, performance to I'm actually going to improve. So, so you're saying that there's probably a lot of bad ankles around there that are just being managed. horrible. Absolutely horrible. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the most, we, whenever we do any kind of program, whether it be knees, whether it be hips, lower yeah. back, we always start from the ankles. If you have not got a good base of support, you are, being, it's a chain. The body is susceptible to injury, whether yeah, that be yeah. knees, hips, lower back, shoulders in some case, yeah, because yeah. that's the first point of contact with the ground. You can have a Ferrari, but if you've got some shit tires, they've got holes in them, yeah, yeah, yeah. your car's eventually going to break down. Yeah. Hi mate, this is Adam, and welcome to the third episode of the Movement Therapy Podcast, where we help you return to the gym and stay there, okay? So we've got a very special guest on today. I know him as Mickey. I won't try to pronounce his last name. He's going to let me know just after this, but we go way back with this guy because I think his business kind of started at the same time that you did. So in 2017, something like that. I think it was about three and a half years ago, pretty much to the and day. That, that's, yeah, that's how long I've been doing my business, how long I've been doing movement therapy. Yeah. Um, just so keen to have you on here, man. Welcome, Appreciate welcome. Having me. So the gym's changed quite a bit since you last been here. So I've made a few upgrades, and yeah, um, definitely, that's for sure. And we've got Mickey's approval, so it's definitely we've got the curl bar in the side there. So you pretty much got every single bar <laughs> for biceps oh, yeah. and everything else. Yep, yep. In order, but now it definitely does look like it's improved a fair bit. Definitely. You started out raw. You started yeah, out very, yeah, very raw. You had some mats, some rings, a few barbells. We've still got the rings setup. there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And but you didn't have all this lighting set up as well for this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not when you first dropped in. I think the no. lighting's kind of new. So, but yeah, it's 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 going pretty well. But it's really cool to have you on here. So, so we'll get kind of kick off. We'll just um. So we know that you run Australian Athletic Centre. Yeah. Tell me before you go into what you do there. Just tell me exactly what is what's your background with your with your study and stuff like that. Okay, so I did exercise physiology through UniSA. Yep. I started off in human movement the first year, and then they had this great new course that came out called exercise physiology. So not knowing what it was, I'm like, oh. yep, it's a fourth year guaranteed, I'll happily take that. Yep, yep, so yep. I applied and I think there was about 20 students that, that went through from human movement into second year exercise physiology. Okay. It was more rehab based, so it was taking pretty much all exercise that we do for healthy populations and then now integrating that in a more rehab sense. So whether that be musculoskeletal, neuro, metabolic, cardiovascular, and I started to take a likening, especially to musculoskeletal. But at the same time, I didn't want to work with that specific clientele. What I mean by that is usually you're going to be working in nursing homes, you're going to be working with older populations. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just love sport. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I true. wanted to really get around sport and I'd already been working in this industry for a couple of years throughout that process. And I wanted to be able to go, all right, I want to take this rehab knowledge yep. and apply it in a sporting sense. Great, great. And as far as I'm aware, there still wasn't anything specific to that in South Australia. So I'm like, there might be a niche in the market. Ah, okay. And that's where it led on to starting your own thing and... Well, not straight away. I was working... Oh, yeah, you would have had a bit of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you kind of dipped your toes in that. A yeah. Bit more kind of... So yeah. I was working at a private gym with sporting athletes, not necessarily in a rehab context, but I was working with sporting athletes for the last few years of university. And then I eventually ended up leaving that right around the time that I had finished uni too. So it was almost, that was my first venture into working for myself, entrepreneurship, just doing PT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a scary moment as oh, well. it always, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think straight away getting out of uni, oh, I'm gonna have a massive amount of clientele, it's gonna be easy, people are gonna be coming to me, I'm an exercise physiologist, I'm not just a PT, easy. I'll be yeah, able to yeah. charge whatever I want. Sure. Sounds fantastic. Probably for about the first three months outside of uni, I think I was training one person a week. Yep, yep, yep. And that yep. was just a good mate because he was willing to oh. lend a hand. And I was like, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I went to Hawaii. I took a holiday there for about a week and I got two phone calls well, as I was there. One to work at a local footy club and one uh, as part of a commercial gym that had just opened and I put my name there to hopefully work behind the desk okay. both of them ended up panning out very very nicely yeah, yeah where i would be able to get experience working with athletes themselves mm -hmm. and i would also get exposed to working in a more of a sales role i was still working in the health and fitness area but yeah. i was working more of a sales role during that time yeah. but also taught me how to talk to people uh yeah, yeah the communication's huge yeah yeah you don't unless you're actually working individually one-on-one -on -one with people or working with groups communication it's like, oh, you need to have it, but oh. no one tells you that you need to have it until you actually start working yeah. with people. And I'm sure that you know yourself, unless you can build that connection with someone, they're not gonna trust you no matter what you know about exercise, no matter what you know about rehabbing their pain, yeah, yeah. they're just literally gonna give you nothing. Yeah, it's all in the delivery. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay, and then, yeah, cause I know you did, um, and then I suppose fast forward to what you're doing now. Yeah. So, so you open up Australian Athletic Center, 2017. Yep. So tell us a bit about like, you know, what, what you do there, what the type of clientele you get in that, that yep. place. So we opened up in 2017 and that was probably a couple of years after I already worked in those two roles. Yeah, yeah, cool. And what we do there specifically is performance and rehabilitation for athletes going from six years old and older from there. That's so right, do for the kids stuff too, yeah. Adolescents, uh, healthy adults, rehab clients, and we've ventured into doing a little bit more general pop and a few younger kids at the same time. Okay. But really, we're there for performance and we're there for rehab. If they're there for rehab, we're hoping that it coincides with them going to performance after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. I, I feel like you just can't have one without the other, though. Nah, definitely. Well, the the curse of our job, and yeah. also the beautiful thing about it, is the fact that majority of people, as much as we love to see them healthy, so we can prevent or try help prevent injuries as much as possible, they yeah. come to us hurt. Ninety percent of the people that walk in there are already injured. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we could work with them prior to that, I always say, why didn't you come here before that happened? Yeah. It's because until someone goes through some kind of pain or some kind of serious incident, this goes for sporting athletes and just everyone in general. Everyone, they're not going to take action on it. No, no, you need, it's not a problem until it's a problem. Yeah. 
people with the worst cardio conditions, they could be overweight, whatever it may be, until they have a heart attack or something seriously happens, yeah. they're not going to care about their health and fitness because they're going to be like, nah, yeah, I'll okay. solve it later. Solve yeah, it later, nothing will happen, nothing happens to me, yeah. nothing's ever happened to me. And then it does, all of a sudden they want to take action. And shit gets serious. You just take that and pretty much put that into a sporting sense. Ah, I'm young, fit and healthy. I'll never do an injury. doesn't matter. I haven't yeah, done anything yeah. then. And then you have a 15, 16, maybe a 30-year-old do a knee. Yep. Shit, I have to sit out 12 months on the sideline. I can't go to work. Yeah. What am I going to do about it? I need to take action on it. Welcome to AAC. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's good, good, good. And I suppose with, um, that, that's what you're doing with the um, adolescents and six-year-olds is trying to get them not having to reach that limit, really. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so... And it's become, yeah. as much as it has become that, it's been disguising what we would go to exercise in play. A yeah. six-year-old does not want to know that they have three sets of 10 to do or on a push-up, squat, whatever it may be. Nah, nah. We incorporate all of that, don't get me wrong. We don't need to tell them about it though. Yeah. We make sure that it's more of a playful environment and it's probably one of the few gyms in South Australia that can incorporate both adult training, adolescent training, where it's really, really structured yep. to an unstructured, chaotic uh, six-year-old or seven-year-old playing around, but it's still it's still exercise just disguised in that play. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, what we're trying to promote there as much as we are trying to improve their physical performance, it's that mentality of not being afraid to try new things either. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Adults are hard to work with because they're scared of trying new things. I'm scared of trying new things. I don't know how you are, but oh. I hate trying new things sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids... They start, it's nature versus nurture. They're going to start, they're going to see that from their parents. They're going to see that from older siblings where they're, you know, a little bit hesitant to do something. So yes. they might act that way. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to throw them in the deep end and make them try, do new things, handstands, hanging yeah, up bars, yeah, chin-ups in a safe environment as yeah. possible. Kids are going to get hurt no matter what. Yes, yeah, yeah that's it. That's it it's going to happen. But if you can teach them to not hesitate and actually be able to throw their body around, the yeah. chance of them getting hurt is going to be less. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to want to try new sports. They're going to want to try and engage with other kids. They're going to want to try new things. And honestly, if they don't make it as a sporting athlete, we don't care. No, no, no. They'll if just they be want, a more confident human, human being. They right? might get a successful job because they've tried new things. Totally. If they don't apply for that job, if they don't go down that path of actually trying to do something, yeah, yeah. because they're too scared of failure. Yeah, yeah. Failure is awesome because you learn from it every single time. It's and it. we want to teach them that it's okay sometimes to not be able to do something the first time, second time, third time, hundredth time, but if yeah. you get it for get it right once, this overall satisfaction of that is amazing. Yeah, that's it. And you kind of give the analogy of like, I suppose going deep into something like that, like, um, I mean, that's why I like the gym. It's like constant failure over and over and over again. Absolutely. But that's the only way you get better, you know? Yep. Not so you should train to failure all the time though, but no. it's, um, you know, you're constantly doing the same thing over and over. And, yep. you know, you're trying to get a technique down, trying to get a skill down, failing, but you're a little bit better next week. A little bit better. My mentality week. is be a little bit less shit every single day. <laughs> That's it, a little bit less shit. That's you it. don't have to be the best in the world. But I'm expect not, to be shit at the start, right? You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. as long as you're trying to improve it, you don't have to compare yourself to everyone unless you're looking to, I don't know, if you look to get on stage for a bodybuilding contest, well, yes, you're going to compare yourself to others. Yeah, but just be a little bit better than what you are the previous day. Yeah, is yeah. it going to happen every single day? No. That's okay. No, that's all right. Do it the next day. Do it that's the it. next day. And eventually that, I guess, long-term consistency is what actually is going to get you towards whatever your goal is. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, with, yeah. And with that consistency being there, you'll know if what you're doing is working quicker or you'll know if it's not working quicker. Yeah. 
Otherwise, you know, you get all this you know, training blah 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 all over the place. You won't know. You won't know what's going on. Like, yeah, if you have inconsistent training, you're going to have inconsistent results. That's it. Mixed results, and it's just confusing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, cool, cool. So, I suppose, like, yeah, you de- you're getting, you know, quite a broad range of clientele that walks through your doors. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got people from, you know, six years old up to, what's your oldest client, you reckon? Oh, they're pushing their 60s. 60s, yep. So, yeah. something like that. But it's all kind of based around sporty sort of stuff, which is something that, you know, I kind of, um, you know, I dabble a little bit on it, but I'm not. To be honest, the only thing I like about I got into personal training was just to train, yeah. just to look better and stuff like that. I don't I don't really watch sports that much unless it's coming to like gymnastics and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So it's really good to have someone like you on here so I can ask you some sporty sort of questions about sports and um, and that's what we're going to get into, get deep into. So um, before we do that, like, um, so as we, we already kicked off a bit about rehab and injuries and stuff like that. What's been your experience with like past injuries and issues? Like what have you kind of, you know, run through your training life? I hate to say it, but I'm not the most injured person in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've probably had like patella tendinopathies have been probably my biggest. I've yeah. had a few like lower back pain issues. But yeah. aside from that, I've had some dislocated fingers from volleyball and all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was never the most injured person. So when it when you trickle back down the path. Yeah. It's not that I was ever the most injured person uh, going through sport at an early age. It was the fact that I was just the shit athlete. <laughs> so oh, okay. I yeah. wanted to do everything in my power to get myself better. Oh, okay. And that's where I started to so develop that. So you're very proactive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. The thing is, there's very, very, very few people that actually want to do it for the sake of just simply getting better. You will get those people. Yeah. yeah. But initially they will get they will be injured first and then they'll realize shit i can get even better than what i was previously by incorporating this training that's got me from rehab to performance performance to i'm actually going to improve yeah 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 so where that's the thing i've gone through this whole process of exercise physiology dealing with a lot of rehab athletes yeah it's not the fact that i got in there for the sake of i needed to rehab an injury i was just very very terrible at being an athlete yeah so i wanted to be better and i wanted to be as good as i could that's it. And it's just, uh, I mean, that's a really good example because I keep telling people it's like the rehab stuff isn't just for getting out of pain or issue. Yeah. It's for what you did. It's for getting increasing performance. Yeah. Getting better. Yeah. Like you don't have to just always hammer performance all the, all the time, you know, just focus on those like basic sort of stuff and that, you know, trickles up yeah. to performance. So it's, you know, it's really cool that you, that's how you got into it. So cool, cool, man. So obviously... So injury hasn't been a big issue for you because you've been proactive. So I'd like to think so. You'd like to th- uh, oh, okay. <laughs> from th- now. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, yeah. is it because you don't push yourself hard enough? Who knows? <laughs> you know? I'm too weak, too unathletic oh, to actually weak. pick up. I don't sprint fast enough to pull a hammy. I don't lift heavy enough to do it. Look, I, I don't know. Just play it safe. That's it. I'm hoping that that's the reason why, and I'm going to preach that that's the reason why. Oh, okay. But to say that it's the be all and end all behind, no. I'm not going to claim that, but yeah, yeah. is it going to hurt? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, so you're saying by not doing your one RM every week, you've prevented injury <laughs> until so now. You never know. <laughs> if you go into the gym and simply just see how much you can lift, yeah. Especially for sporting athletes, yeah, yeah. That is yep. the dumbest thing and the quickest way to injury as possible. That's that's a. Uh, I was going to ask what the du- yeah, that's good good answer. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time we've had someone lift a one RM. That yeah. actually was in the middle of a sporting season or not even, or even doing it for preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many other ways that we actually measure all those metrics 
whether it be top uh, um, sprint speed over 20 meters. Yep, yep. Um, how much force they can put for some force platforms yeah, that we seen, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also how strong their hamstrings, abductors, uh, abductors and shoulders are. We have yeah, yeah. quite a uh, bit of equipment over there from Fusion yeah, Sport and Valve yeah. Performance that we're starting to incorporate more. It means that we can gauge some numbers from the athlete themselves without having to put them through an absolute exhausting test battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also it's the safest um, method possible for them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so do you, I suppose like, um, you know, because you, you've I've seen this sort of stuff you've been putting on Instagram where you're testing like, um, you know, external rotation, yeah. the hips and the upper body. Like, do you feel like, I know, you know, as an athlete, you need to, you know, you've got to have strength, right? Mm-hmm. Is it like... Is it that like for people out there that, that don't have all this equipment? Mm-hmm. Like, do you is test doing a five rep max or doing a you know three or low rep max? Is is that like is it how useful is it for like some of the amateur athletes out there? It depends on what you're looking to do. Yeah, yeah. If you're telling me that a soccer player needs to know what their five repetition max bench press is, I'll go why. Cool, they need upper body. Sh- I guarantee you, I know they need upper body strength. Is the best. Bench press the best way to measure that? No. The reason why majority of places use it is because it's simple. Yeah. The NFL combine at the moment does, what, 100 kilos to see how many reps they can do on bench press. Okay. Because it's what they've always done. Oh, okay. What performance, they might be a little bit stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really mean shit all when you look at the grand scheme of things. Their vertical jump tells me something. Their sprint tells me something. Yes. But how much they can lift, why don't they do a one-on-arm deadlift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's useless, but they've just gotten used to using those methodologies. So for sporting athletes necessarily, it might not be the be on end or test. It's good, it's simple for us because it's a measure and it tells us are they getting better. Yeah, yeah. But how, but what are they getting better at? They might be able to lift more, are they actually getting stronger themselves? And that's where doing all, that's where the sports science side of things where we can use a few fancy piece of equipment, if you will, actually lets us go into the nitty gritty versus just hoping that because they're deadlift has gone up that it's going to transfer exactly yeah yeah. for us in regards to squat and deadlift once we get to about one point depending on that sport and the athlete yeah once they get to about 1.5 times their body weight we pretty much call it a day there yeah yeah, and that's rare that they'll even get up to that why because it's not necessary for them to be lifting that amount of load especially if you go through something like a footy player yeah their season is tough if you've ever played foot for all the footy players out there, that anyone that's gone through a season, oh, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. No. <laughs> but they come into the gym and they are battered, and it's not because of the simple fact that they haven't trained hard enough in the preseason or anything. Footy's just tough to fucking yeah, yeah. play, man. Or rug- rugby, any of those contacts. Absolutely, I mean, like, I, ugh, you are yeah. battered. So them yeah. lifting heavy throughout the season, See, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. silly. They might be able to sneak in there, and we call it the six-week window where they have an off-season, but. Uh, after the season's finished and before they need to start their own preseason. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. not taking into account the fact that some of them need to get some surgeries to fix up a few things either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah. the fact that they might want to go on a two-week bender to Bali or wherever it may be, not during COVID times, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, you've got to account for all those things. So lifting necessarily heavy when they have so many other commitments they have to do, whether it be skills, running, other injury preventions is yeah. where they're going to focus their time on not to see Oh, let's see what we can lift in the gym today. Okay. You can lift stuff well. You yep. don't need to lift the heaviest though. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you definitely want to, you know, stay below that kind of RP of like, you know, nine to ten, I suppose. They'll never go to that. There's yeah. just no point of going no to point. that exertion because they need Especially to be able to, during the season though. They need to go through that 
in a sprint effort when they go through in training or if they're not going through that, they will take them in to actually do that sprint effort because that's known to help prevent hamstring injuries. Yeah. They need to be exposed to that throughout the week so that they Makes can sense. then play. Yeah, yeah. But their lifting, I'm not saying that it's not going to be beneficial to them, yeah, yeah. but it's not the most important part of their week. Okay, cool, cool. That, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. So, and um, so suppose we, what have we, yeah. What, what do you see, like, you know, uh, what's the most common injury that you see come through your door? Come through the door. Mm-hmm. It's usually going to be knees, and that's because yep. we've got a huge ACL focus. I would, honestly, if you look at what is the most commonly injured joint, it's going to be the ankles. Okay. Sprained ankles, rolled ankles, and then you have a lot more serious injuries when it comes to ankle injuries. But when you look at basketball, soccer, footy, you're going to get rolled ankles all the time. And because they're not as severe majority of the time, it's probably going to be about a two, three, four-week injury at the very most. Yeah. Sprained ankle, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People would just lay it off and say, that's cool. But then they might get a syndesmosis or they might get a fractured ankle and it's a little bit more of a time period where they need to be sitting out. But those are the rarer ankle injuries. Okay, yeah, yeah. Knees would probably be the biggest because people know that it's 12 months. Uh, It's it's pretty much certain that it's going to be at least 12 months of rehab. So they're like, how do I prevent this from happening again? If you got told that you're not allowed to lift for 12 months because that's essentially your lifting is their sport. That's how much they care about. Yeah, yeah. They can lift, but it's still not their sport that they're playing. If I told you right now you've got an injury and you're not allowed to lift for 12 months, what would you say? Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say you're crazy then. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But you get, oh, you have to sit out for two or three weeks. Ah, shit. Yeah, but okay. you cop it. Yeah, cop it. Yeah, you do this three You're weeks. not going to do anything. Because you feel extra. like that's the best thing, right? It's, not that, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that means that they won't take much action on it. Uh, okay, yeah. So, this is, you're saying that there's probably a lot of bad ankles around there that are just being managed. Horrible. Being Absolutely managed. horrible. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the most... We, whenever we do any kind of program, whether it be knees, whether it be hips, lower yeah. back, we always start from the ankles. If you have not got a good base of support, you are... It's a chain. The body's susceptible to injury, whether yeah, that yeah. be knees, hips, lower back, shoulders in some case, yeah, because yeah. that's the first point of contact with the ground. You can have a Ferrari... But if you've got some shit tires that got holes in them, yeah, yeah, yeah. your car's eventually going to break down. Yeah, especially for um, athletic sports. I feel like you can, you can get around that with like, you know, heavy lifting and stuff. Mm. But yeah, if you're running around on your feet and turning and cutting and stuff like that, it's... It's so important. Yeah, and it, yeah. they need to be robust. They need to be able to make sure that they're sturdy enough, but also be able to produce enough power and have that elasticity to them. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, you yeah. can actually still make huge sprint efforts, make changes of direction. Yeah. And yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of surprised me. I never really... Yeah, yeah, that's good. Glutes and hips were the be-all and end-all when it comes... Well, like a decade ago, if you ask anyone, injury yeah. prevention, if you want to prevent knees, if you want to prevent lower back pain, yeah, yeah, yeah. build your glutes, Focus build your glutes. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've scrapped that so far. Like yeah, yeah, getting yeah. a big glute bridge could not concern the life out of me. Yeah. We'll still... Don't get me wrong. We will still work glutes. And if it's a really, really weak area, we will make sure that we look after them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But ankles are always going to be the number one. Okay. That okay. is the first point of contact with the ground. And we look at making sure that they're able to produce force through there. Yep. And they're also able to be pretty robust. So if they are going yeah. to roll it, they're going to be pretty sturdy before they can yeah. roll it. Mobile, stable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's... that's um, Yeah, it's really interesting, man. So like what... I suppose with um because we we touch base on you saying about um you know heavy lifting not being like a real importance 
like for an athlete. What if you're like talking like to someone who's like a you know a guy who's doing footy on the weekend, someone who's like you know maybe not someone who comes into your into your gym, like just someone who does plays footy on the weekend, goes to the gym a little bit. Yeah. They got a bit. They got that little bit of time between training sessions. Like if you, what what should they do in those training sessions? What should they put that as um, the most important? Like if they're strapped for time. It depends on how what well, their availability is and how many times they're training footy a week. Yeah, yeah. You can still get everything out of it by training two, three times a week, and you can do all global movements. You just don't have to load them up as much. Okay. If your legs, if you need your legs to be pretty fresh for training the next day, you can still do a few goblet squats, a few lunges. Yep. Keep it nice and simple. Yeah. Get that out of the way. Don't do anything huge amount of volume. Get in your upper body work, whether that be a horizontal push pull. Yep. Uh, vertical push pull. You yep. can easily get two full body sessions in a week. If you get a third, bonus. Yeah. Just yeah. making sure that you're fresh enough for your trainings. Okay. So you're saying, are you saying they should skip the bicep curls? Or Definitely not skip the bicep curls. <laughs> You need to include the bicep not, curls. Is that what you, yeah, okay. you need to include the bicep curls. All, right. All right, there you go. Yeah. All right, cool. So I suppose, yeah, so it's just kind of just getting this, you know, just through, you know, like I so said, just normal range of motion sort of stuff, but not having, not going like super hard so that you're still fresh for the sessions, I suppose. It, look. Is it kind of, yeah. Or is it? It depends on yeah. what your number one goal is. It depends. If your goal is footy, number one, yeah. Your lifting isn't going to be the most intense thing in the world. If your lifting is the more more the goal and your aesthetics or your strength is more the goal. This I'm means. saying more for someone who's like just lifts to make their footy a bit better. Like cuz they they just yeah. want to play footy on the weekends. Two to three times a week is still fantastic yeah. and they can go at that 75 to 80%. But majority of people aren't already even training at that level. Yeah. The majority true. are probably training 50 to 60% and mm-hmm. that's rubbish. That's yeah. not even pushing yourself. That's cold you know, going, going in there, emotions. you're looking at your phone majority of the whole time, look in the mirror, and then you lift a little bit, you think you're exhausted, five minutes later, you're out the door. Give yourself a little bit of effort. If you're not sweating, if you're not huffing and puffing by the time that you've walked out, you yeah. probably haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's I okay s- to push yourself a little bit. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And I suppose, yeah, because they can do, at least they're getting a bit of strength work done there, and then they can do the skills and the aerobic stuff. It's very easy to fit it in. You've yeah. got seven days throughout the week. If you're resting yeah. one day after footy, cool. Yeah, you yeah. can use the next day to lift, probably even train on the same day. And then you've got another four or five days up until you have there. You have plenty of time to incorporate two to three lifting sessions, even with footy on top of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So I suppose we've, um, like, uh, we spoke a bit about, um, you know, what, what you're doing in the season, talking about, like, you know, not going too hard during that. What, what what does um what's a good preseason? What is that kind of um when when we're talking about preseason? What what ideally uh, would you incorporate in something like that? Depends on the sport. Give me an idea. Let's say we we've just been talking about footy yeah. mainly. So let's just stick to footy. Yeah. What will we incorporate? Yeah, yeah. What what would it, um I suppose you know uh, when someone says I want to do preseason for footy, what's going through your head? Like yeah. what do they need to do or like what, what are the basics they want to get down? It's going to be the just depending on who it comes in. If, let's hypothetically yeah, say yeah, someone yeah. In comes in completely fresh. Yep. Then we actually have a little bit of time to spend on strength when it comes to the first six weeks before they start running. We actually discussed this probably about a month ago. Yep. But for six weeks that they we have them there, we can actually load them up and progressively overload them over those six weeks and have a little bit of linear progression as we want because they're not too beat up from having to run. So if there's ever a time that they're gonna lift 
get their leg strength up, get their upper body strength up, get their core strengthened up nicely, that's gonna be the time. That's gonna be where we focus on those strength lifts about improving their numbers and getting them completely stronger. Yeah, yeah. Once those six weeks ended, they start incorporating more running. As much as we still wanna try build their strength up, we realize that their load in terms of their aerobic uh, endurance yep. training is gonna to start to come up as well. So we have to decrease the amount of volume that we've been doing during those training sessions. Still try to keep that strength work there as much as possible, but decrease the actual total volume that they're doing. So that six week phase where we have them is the getting them exposed to as much of that as possible. Okay, okay. So that when we reduce the volume, they're not necessarily sore from the lifting sessions, keeping in mind the fatigue that's gonna come in with the running on top of that. Yeah. And yeah. that running tends to increase all throughout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then we'll have a few weeks over Christmas where they'll have a little bit of a break. They'll still have their running program, but we get to lift a little bit more. Yeah. Then they'll get into another heavy part. Yeah which is gonna probably last another four to six weeks where we're doing very, very similar to that, but we're trying to get them as good as possible for the season. Yep, yep. And then there's another stage where we have to decrease even more because they start getting into match play. Okay, okay. Yeah. And that's where they're gonna get knocks. They're gonna get beat up. Yeah, yeah. With here, compound movements are the time that we can introduce at the very beginning. Once, like traditional compound movements, so barbell squat, deadly, if we wanna do them, yeah, yeah. they're gonna be done then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, and that's still a rarity. If not, We'll still think about those basic movements, but we'll just make it a little bit simpler. You don't have to barbell deadlift off the floor. No. You don't have to, you can use a trap bar instead. Yeah. You don't okay, have to, okay. you don't have to squat to depth. You can easily do a box squat, goblet squat. It doesn't really matter. It depends on the training age and what the athlete honestly likes. Yeah. yeah. You can incorporate all those movements without doing the traditional big three themselves. Yeah. 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 You're pretty much decreasing volume and trying to keep as much intensity as possible. Yeah. yeah. And just working on those problem areas if you will so make sure the ankles are robust make sure Depending the hamstrings on the person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. you notice that there's a decrease of volume the intensity tries to stay as high as possible but the volume itself just decreases as you get closer to the games oh, okay. okay okay which makes a whole lot of sense because you're gonna you know if you you know as you get through towards the end of the season yeah you're not as good as it was what you started in the season so usually like your strength was your, oh, your strength numbers will probably go down because they tend to lose weight. If, let's say a completely healthy athlete yeah, that's yeah, looking yeah. after themselves, they'll tend to lose weight once that running goes up just because they're generally fatigued. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, okay. So, and that's, um, yeah, so it's just kind of incorporating, you know, keeping that little prehab, you'd probably call it. Yeah. And then still keep incorporating some lifts, but the way you, you, the way you can lower it is obviously volume, yep. intensity, or even the difficulty of the lifts. Yep. Our number one goal is always injury prevention no matter what we do throughout, but we can actually focus a little bit more on strength. But the closer that we get to the season, that injury prevention, just making sure all those little areas are addressed yep. becomes more and more important as we go along. Okay, cool, cool. No, no, really cool. So um, so I suppose like, what about if you, I mean, might might be this, you know, pretty much this, might be the similar advice, but, um, well, we actually probably haven't spoken about this sort of thing. So if we've got, um, say if you've got a long-time athlete that's been, um, you know, they've been training for like three, four years or something like that, but mm -hmm. then they've just had like a year off sort of example. So it yeah. might be like the ACL guys, right? Yeah. What, um, how do you, is there anything, Do would you do anything different for those guys when they're trying to get back into their, their sport or is there any particular problems that they run into? Like it's usually, volume is the biggest thing for them. So if they're trying to get back into sport, and I'm sure that any weekend warriors that have done this where they start initially, like they've played sport all their life, family commitments, whatever it may be, yep. uni school comes up, yep, they yep. don't do anything. 
the biggest That's issue it. that comes on is I want to do all that, build myself up to this point, take a massive break, and then reintroduce everything from that point. Injuries yep. straight away. We can, like majority of the time, we can incorporate very, very similar structures and very, very similar exercises or sport, what they've done there, just drastically reduce the volume. Ah, okay, yeah. They need, it's just similar story. If you're starting out in the gym, yep. if you do 10 sets of 10 exercises, the first time that you walk into a gym, you are gonna be sore as shit. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hard getting back in there. Exactly, you gradually increase that volume because they're gonna pull up sore probably no matter what they do. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of muscle soreness is fine. Yep. But literally what we'll do with someone is go through a one by 20. I'm not sure if you're feeling, but we'll probably do an exercise, do 20 reps of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very light load, if any load at all, yeah. and go through about 10, 15, maybe 20 exercises in that session. So it might be 20 squats, might be 20 push-ups, oh, right. 20 okay. rows and just go through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the amount of volume they've been exposed to. They'll still probably pull up a little bit sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least they're exposed to a number of movements, so they're not gonna be particularly sore in one area or there's not gonna be a problem. And the load's around. gonna be quite low if they're doing that many if reps. If they're doing anything, they, they won't be doing, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Especially if they've been out for a whole year or something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. There's, you have to reintroduce that load gradually, otherwise mm. they're gonna get injured. Yeah, yeah, okay. And what, so you start, you're saying, so you start at the 20, and then what you slowly drop the reps and the load goes up or how does it kind of... Then after you've done that, honestly, it just depends on the athlete because they'll depends, probably yeah. progress in terms of how much uh, how much volume you can increase because they'll start to get exposed to that. Muscle memory is the thing, so it will come back a little bit quicker than yeah. having to develop that muscle and that um, endurance to it. Yep. But then you can start to play around a little bit more. You can make it a little bit more, I guess, structured in this typical three by 10 or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you start them off at the very basics, doing as many movements as possible to reintroduce all those patterns, Yep. but minimize the amount of volume they're actually exposed to. One by 20 is not that much. It's It goes nah, through nah, it's, maybe it's, 45 to 60 seconds for a complete exercise and yeah. you're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Now that's, um, that's a good way to, there's just so many different ways to get people in the gym, but like you're almost restricting them. Yeah. But they're still getting a workout out of it. Like, you know, like you can bump up the reps really high. So you're still getting a workout, but the, the, it's gonna be, uh, you know, compared to a five rep max, the intensity of 20 reps is a lot lower. So yep. the load's gonna be lower. So it's just so many, it's really cool. Um, you know, that's, um, there's lots of different ways to do that. So, Absolutely. Um, what, um, let's, I wanna kind of talk about a bit more about barbell training and stuff like that. So, you know, when, when you got your athletes in there, mm -hmm. so if you're, if you're an athlete, let's, let's keep it on footy. Let's keep it on footy, and you want to go into the gym. Do they? Do you feel like a, a athlete needs to touch a barbell? Depends on depends on the athlete. Yep. It depends on how long you've got them for. If you've got someone, okay. let's say once a fortnight, and you'll see um, in a massive group altogether, you're not going to incorporate too much barbell movements. If you've got someone once a week, but you still got them in a large group, you may introduce a few barbell movements and that depends on the complexity. Yeah. Pretty much the more often you can see an athlete, the more likelihood you are going to touch a barbell and then also the complexity of the exercise yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see someone once every three weeks, I'm not going to teach them how to ollie lift because they won't learn how to. If I see someone once a week and they're reasonably competent and they, you know that you're going to have them for a long time, yeah. you can actually start to teach them stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's no. got to come down to time dependent, how competent the athlete is and how quickly, oh, and what's the purpose of you? And how committed they are to, yeah. 
if you have someone for one season, teaching them how to do all the movements over that year and then never having to use them again yes. defeats the purpose of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medicine balls, dumbbells, body weight. There's so many other ways to lift, but if you have them for enough time, you'll teach them how to barbell squat yeah, if you want. Yeah. You'll teach them how to deadlift. You'll teach them how to bridge. You'll teach them how to do Olympic lifts. Really comes down to how how much they've invested into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose like the guy who just plays footy on the weekends and stuff like that. It's probably you. You can kind of get away with just um, you know just staying on the dumbbells or just using the. the we well, got things like the safety bar and trap bar and stuff like yeah. that. They can still get pretty good results out of There's a million things. ways to skin a cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's choose what athlete enjoys and also what's the safest for them. Yep. Then you can think about what's going to improve them the most too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Great, great advice, man. So, um, all right, cool, man. I think this. I think we should just wrap it up now. So what, um, what we need to go through is just tell the people how they can find you on the wherever that it may be. Instagram, Facebook, yep. and also in Finden, we're located at 30 to 36 Glenelder Street. Yep. Or just give us a call. Great place, brand new. How long have you been there now? Uh, just, uh, it's about to hit seven months. Seven months, it's... Um, Hopefully by the time it's released, it'll be seven. It's big. It's almost as big as JT's. It's, oh, it's probably about half he's the still, size. He's still probably got me. Unfortunately, his place is. Um, he's got a warehouse. We've got to get him down here. We've got to get him down here. So. I'm sure that he's going to make yeah, the journey. Up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it is a massive place. I've like compared to the. It's it's a great upgrade, and you guys have done really well there. No, so. I appreciate it, man. So definitely check this guy on, on uh, Insta and Facebook. Um, that's it for today. So this is Adam, and we help you return to the gym and stay there.